Hi everyone, glad to be back with you for our sixth mini series episode today. And today's topic is one I have been waiting for. I have wanted to talk about this driver since the very beginning of the series and season, as he is my my favorite. So if you've been listening, you probably know who it is already. I'm quite obvious about it. But as a quick explainer as to this mini series, as the name implies, I'm going to be focusing on one driver, one individual, and give an overview in just about 15 minutes as to their records, their stats, their driving style, and a lot more. So without further ado, today's driver is Sebastian Vettel, someone incredibly near and dear to my heart for many reasons. I've been supporting him since I started watching F1, and he's considered by a large group of the F1 fan base to really be in the top kind of best of the best, maybe three, four, five best drivers of all time. So not only does he have four world championships to his name, but also a few more unique records that I'm going to get into in a second. So let's jump into it. So Sebastian was born in Heppenheim, Germany on July 3rd in 1987. And so that currently makes him 34 years old. He has three siblings, a brother, Fabian, and two sisters, Stephanie and Melanie, who we never really hear about. And he's married and has three kids. He is intensely private with no social media, very much goes out of his way to have as little known about him or available on the internet as possible. We are very not privy to to much of his personal life. And as you, you kind of may also know him as the guy who names his cars, which is funny because he hasn't even named his car this year because he says it's so slow. Uh, but many memorable names in the past, especially when he was at Red Bull, like Kate's Dirty Sister, Luscious Liz, Hungry Heidi, and more recently at Aston Martin, naming his first car Honey Rider after the Bond girl in Dr. No. Now, into his racing career, he started really with backing from BMW. They were the ones who gave him the help that he needed to get going and get his foot in the door in terms of starting to make his way in the direction up towards Formula One. And he was their test driver and made his debut for them in 2006 at the Turkish Grand Prix, Uh, but he was just in a practice session. He was allowed a few sessions to go out and get a feel for the car, but not in the actual race. And at the time, he became the then youngest Formula One driver to participate in a Grand Prix weekend at 19 years and 53 days. And now he would go on to make his first full race debut in 2007 at the U.S. Grand Prix racing, uh, excuse me, replacing an injured Robo Kubica after he crashed in a previous race. And so he started in seventh and finished in eighth to become the then youngest driver to score a point in Formula One. After that, he was released from BMW and moved on to Toro Rosso, where in 2008 at the Monza circuit in Italy, he would win his very first race and the very first race win for Toro Rosso as a team. And if you'd like to watch a race that shows how good a driver Seb is, I would highly recommend watching this race. 
It's on YouTube, I believe. It was in the rain. He wasn't in a dominant car. Toro Rosso had never won a race before. It's truly very impressive and shows how skilled he was even at that age. I believe he was 21 at the time. And now where he is considered to have had most of his success clearly was with Red Bull. So Toro Rosso, as I mentioned previously, now known as AlphaTari, in a more covert way now, is technically the junior team to Red Bull Racing. They call them, they call Toro Rosso its sister team now, uh, but it really started as a kind of a secondary team for, it was kind of a way to funnel young talent upward and give more people a chance in F1, and Red Bull had the money to, to sponsor two teams or have its thumb in two teams. And so Seb came up from Toro Rosso to Red Bull in 2009 and would give the team their very first pole position and win at the Japanese Grand Prix. And from then on, it was a straight shot to the top. He would go on to win four consecutive drivers' championships and give Red Bull Racing four consecutive constructors' championships from 2010 to 2013. And they were not championships devoid of any controversy. Check out the multi-21 incident with then-teammate Mark Webber if you want to have just a taste of of Seb's driving style then and then his aggressiveness, which is a little different than today's. And some of his championships were a lot closer than others. Some went down to the very last race and were within two or three points. Some were a larger gap. Uh, but they were not certainly not devoid of immense talent. Again, if you're if you doubt Seb in any way, check out Brazil in 2012, which is an incredible masterclass where he started the race from the front but got spun all the way to the back on the very first lap. He would go from P24, because they had 24 cars on the grid at this time, to P7 in eight laps and would end the race in P6 to take his third world championship and do it all in the wet, no less. And now the second part of Seb's career, or I guess that's kind of what I'm labeling it here, began more so when he left Red Bull in 2014 and moved on to the red team, Ferrari, starting in 2015. And Sebastian Tiro has always been Michael Schumacher. If you've you've heard him speak about it, I'm sure he obviously is a good friend to Mick currently on the grid right now. Because uh, Michael won most of his championships with Ferrari, and Sebastian definitely wanted to emulate that, considering... Uh, Michael's kind of veneration in his eyes. He wanted to follow in those footsteps. And it really is kind of unfortunate. It didn't go all to plan as Ferrari wasn't quite able to stack up to Mercedes kind of dominance with the switch to hybrid engines in 2014. But that's not, of course, to say it's all bad. He won his first race with Ferrari two races in at Malaysia. He came close to challenging Mercedes on several seasons uh, with his time at Ferrari, but then kind of as the years went by, the Ferrari couldn't quite keep up, uh, and that's that was more or less when he wasn't able to compete to the level that we all wanted him to. And the, his parting with the team in 2020 was less than amicable. I think many Seb fans have a sour taste in their mouths from the way he was treated, and the behind-the-scenes slander, the kind of cruelty, the neglect, the 
trash talking about him and his body even from Ferrari higher-ups was really just unpleasant to hear, and it made me sad considering uh, how talented he is and how much he gave to that team. And in return, I felt like it wasn't really... um, he wasn't given the respect that he that he definitely deserved. And so after leaving Ferrari, many people thought he was going to retire because of how, how much of a struggle that last season was. But luckily, he found a home at Aston Martin, which is the rebranded Racing Point team previously, even before that was Force India. Uh, and so it hasn't all been peachy there either. But he's got on the podium several times. He's dragged that car up there. And at least from my standpoint, their strong support emotionally, mentally, and physically behind him and the love and appreciation that they've gone out of their way to show him is great to see. And and I appreciate that they've, uh, they've wanted to show him the respect he so clearly has earned over his really illustrious career. So let me jump into his statistics, because they are quite impressive. Podiums, he has 122, with 53 race wins on top of that. At currently, I believe this is current, he has over 3,000 points, 3,061. That will hopefully change as he gets his feet under him at the Aston Martin this year, and four world championships. He's received innumerable awards for his skills from a variety of outlets like Rookie of the Year and Sportsman of the Year, and he holds a lot of records. A lot of them have been taken over by Max Verstappen in the meantime, as Max uh, came on the scene younger as well. But Seb holds one record that I think is absolutely hilarious and that Max will never take from him. It is for how quickly he received a penalty at the start of his career. So in Sebastian's very first official run, he was caught speeding in the pit lane and received a penalty nine seconds into his career. Nine seconds, not minutes, races, whatever, years, minutes, or seconds, really. Nine seconds, which uh, is a kind of weird fun fact, but I think that's pretty hilarious. And now to briefly comment on Seb's driving style. So one of a lot of things that people have criticized about Sebastian is his kind of need or his sensitive driving style is what a lot of people will call it, which I think is unfair because in reality, every single driver has their own nuances and likes, dislikes. They all have preferences and things that they want out of the car and do with the car that make them unique in their own right. It's neither good nor bad. And I think And so while Seb was at Red Bull, and he's still there, I believe, is Adrian Newey, and he's really considered the father of aerodynamics, and his expertise in that regard made the Red Bull as dominant as it was. He created a car that was so aerodynamically advanced that it allowed them to have such a good car, and it also directly catered to Sebastian's skills. The team had made this car that was very good in the corners. And one thing that Mark Webber actually admitted to saying is that Sebastian was a lot better than him in these slower corners because Seb had found ways kind of through his career and through his driving style to essentially shorten corners in his head with the car, allowing him to get on the throttle faster than others. So 
he would essentially look to a more future oriented point, if that makes any sense. While he was taking a turn, he would manipulate steering changes. So it made him more forward thinking and that he's already seeing where he's going to be in a second's time as he's currently taking the corner. And he's particularly good at tire management, something he's been, something he's excelled at throughout his career. He's clearly an incredible overtaker. As the Aston Martin last year, he had the most overtakes out of anybody in the grid in the 2021 season. I think him and Fernando Alonso, so two of the veterans on the grid, were the most, had the most overtakes in that regard. And now I'll, I'll close with a, a few comments because in Googling information for this episode that I didn't already know off the top of my head, I had simply typed in his name into my browser and was probably met with no less than 10 articles telling me that Sebastian needs to retire from a variety of sources. And I could do a whole episode about the disgusting mudslinging and slandering of him and his name and his accomplishments and how so many people these days are keen on kicking him out of the sport. The blatant dismissal of his achievements is utterly absurd in my eyes, especially when so much of the criticism comes from people who have never achieved anything that he has. You don't hear Lewis Hamilton talking about Sebastian needing to retire. Sebastian is one of the best drivers to walk this earth, period. You don't win four world championships or win that many races without some type of talent. It isn't one based on money or any other factor. He has to have some talent in there. And so I kind of think it is my continual mission to make sure that people put more respect in his name because I think he absolutely deserves it. And it's really sad to see the way that people talk about him. And it makes me grateful that he doesn't have social media because I would not want to see people talking about me like that if I was in his shoes. And I know he's been around a long time, um, but I still don't think it's fair that people speak about him the way that they do. He is firmly situated at the top of the sport and will always be there. Nothing Christian Horner or anybody in the sport says is going to take that away. So thank you for letting me talk about Seb. I've been wanting to for a long, long time. And uh, I kept this one short for you guys. So I will see you again next week. I hope we enjoy the upcoming races and we'll talk soon.